Hi, Mike Gibson and Vivek Reddy coming to you live from TCT 2016. Talk to us about the Watchman post-approval study. First of all, talk to us a little bit about the Watchman device sure. and its uses. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mike. So as you know, the Watchman device was approved for stroke prevention as an alternative to anticoagulants for people that can't take anticoagulants. Now the device was approved in March 2015. Now since then- After a long, arduous process. After a long, arduous <laughs> process, that's right. Um, now since then, uh, the, there's been the CMS coverage decision which came out in February of this year, and then, this, and then as part of that coverage decision, CMS has mandated that every patient is included into an appendage closure registry. Now the problem is that that registry, the first such registry, the NCDR registry, was only certified this summer. Mm -hmm. So the patients that are gonna be enrolled in this registry are gonna be the more recent patients. Those patients that initially started getting implanted back in March, we're, those patients are not gonna be involved or included in the NCDR registry. So what we wanted to understand is what is the complication rate as this device initially gets elaborated into clinical practice? And the complications you're looking at are? Sure, the major complications. In the, major cl in the clinical trials, the most important complication was pericardial tamponade. That occurred in as high as 5% in the first study, and it came down to about 1.5% in the subsequent studies. Mm -hmm. There's also procedure-related stroke that we worry about, device embolization, of course, death. So we want to look at these outcomes, and fortunately, all of the initial patients, uh, we had, uh, we had these uh, de-identified case report forms where we were able to get this kind of procedure data, both in terms of success as well as procedure-related complications. We don't have any outcome data in terms of uh, long-term sure. follow-up. So let me tell you what we saw. First, in terms of who's implanting the device, actually 71% of the devices uh, I'm sorry, 71% of the operators were actually novice operators. Wow. So operators wow. who are not in the initial clinical trial. And if you look at the experienced versus the inexperienced, basically about half, the, about half of these 38,000 uh, 38, or 3,800 patients were implanted with, by the experienced operators, the other half by the novice operators. So in this total data set of 3,822 consecutive patients since FDA approval, the overall success of implantation was 95.6%, which is just what we've seen in the clinical trial, so that was good. Any difference between novice and experienced operators we, there? We don't have that yeah, kind of, uh, yeah, we don't have patient level data that's really separated that level. Um, beyond that, we also have information on the complications, that's what we're most interested in. So, number one, pericardial tamponade. The tamponade rate was 1.02%. So basically it was a 1% tamponade rate, which is even better than what we saw in the clinical trials. So we're pretty happy about that. Yes. Uh, let's look at, and I can tell you more details about that. If you look at procedure-related stroke, it was less than 1%. If you look at, um, at procedure-related mortality, it was, I'm sorry, both procedure-related stroke and procedure-related mortality were less than one in a thousand. So less than 0.1%. And if you look at device embolization, it was one in, over 400 patients. So it was, again, a fraction of a percent. Um, Are you surprised that the results were better out in the real world than in the trial? Or? I am a little bit surprised. Yeah. And you know, part of this, I think, is related to trial level learning. Part of it's related, I think, to the fact that the FDA and Boston Scientific, um, the, the, the education program they came up with was a pretty intensive education program. So the rollout has not been willy-nilly. It's been a very slow rollout. Um, I think it's also important, and this is one of the, the caveats to this. Again, 
the operators, the novice operators, are probably still operators that have some experience with transeptal puncture or with structural heart procedures. So it's not that this is in everyone's hands, but still, the total number of operators is close to 170 operators, different operators in this uh, yeah. experience. So I'm a little bit surprised, happily surprised. We'll need to continue to follow this. Um, I also want to point out, you know, the, the complications that we were able to look at, we feel pretty confident about. But look, there are other potential things like um, you know, groin hematomas, et cetera, that we would not have captured in right. this, uh, in this right. experience. Sure, sure. So uh, I think that's important. In terms of areas of improvement, if you look at, for example, the 1% who had tamponade, uh, two-thirds of those uh, patients were treated percutaneously. The other third required surgery. So it's a not inconsequential number of patients that required cardiac surgery. Uh, the three patients out of the 3,800 who actually died, the, re the reason that they died was because of the tamponade that couldn't be uh, addressed. Treated. So I think there's still some room for improvement there. Uh, but overall, I mean, I think we have to be pretty happy. Yeah, that sounds, uh, I'm very uh, surprised that the rates are that low yeah. and very reassured. Great news. Well, congratulations yeah. on a successful launch and post-marketing study. And uh, thanks for joining us here live from TCT 2016. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Vivek. Good to see you.